What's going on, everyone? It's your boy, Tyre. The official episode one of the Hoops Report with Tyre. Uh, we're coming to you live. We're going to be jo- talking about everything basketball-related, what's going on culturally in our society, um, some fun topics as well, the sneaker culture, music. We're going to talk about everything. Um, I'm a big hip-hop and music guy as well. Uh, definitely um, huge in the sneaker culture, so we're going to touch on that. But our focus is going to be basketball. Um we're gonna start our uh, the show every uh, every week um, or every time we post really with a random basketball fact. Um, just I'm a basketball nut. I know a lot of information about basketball. That I need to get off my chest and out of my brain. So you guys are gonna get it uh, today. We're gonna talk about players at the bubble. They're arriving. I'm sure um, you guys seen all the interactions on social media um, with them flying there. Um, also around the food situation. So we're going to touch on that and what teams are we looking forward to seeing at the bubble? Um, I think we have the uh, the main teams like Lakers, the Clippers, you have Milwaukee, Philly, but who else are we looking to see? Um, the Nets recently signed two veteran guys in Jamal Crawford and Michael Beasley. We're going to touch on that. Um, and we're going to go from there. So let's get it. Um, random fact of the day, Alvin Gentry, who actually just received his clearance to fly, uh, I think minutes before they boarded a flight, is a uh, a cousin of David Thompson, um, Hall of Famer guy who uh, played in North Carolina, um, actually was the guy who walked or I said presented Michael Jordan's Hall of Fame speech. Random fact. Um, hope you enjoy that. Um, players at the bubble. Uh, you know, the NBA, you got to love it. Um, huge players league. I think uh, in a good way, the NBA players have spoiled has any, I think, individual who make your brand should be spoiled. So it's a very positive way. Uh, they're going to Disney World Orlando. You've seen some of the pictures online with the food and it looks like camp food in a sense, but you're quarantining. Uh, interestingly, my brother is uh, for, uh, out of town for work and he's been quarantined in a hotel and the food is identical that they're providing them that they're providing the NBA players. So they'll be fine. Um, once they get out the quarantine stages, their food is going to be catered. They're going to be back to the usual uh, five-star NBA life. So there's no worries there. The players will be taken care of in that bubble. They're going to eat better than we are. They're going to have better facilities to access the things that we don't have. So we're all set in that department. Um, the NBA are not going to let their players starve. That's a guarantee. They're not going to let their players starve. Um, if there's a league that takes care of their players, it's the NBA. Um, like I said, I'm looking forward to just seeing how the NBA handles the positive tests within the bubble. I think you've seen a lot of the data are coming out with players testing positive. That is expected. That is what the NBA wants. They want to get these positive tests out the way, get negative tested in, and ensure everyone is negative when they get to the bubble. When they get to the bubble and everyone is negative, then they can they can really do contact tracing and track if indeed an outbreak happens, and people will contract it there. I think their medical team or research team, they've done enough research around this topic where they know how to contain the virus, if it is. They're not out here telling anybody that nobody's going to get positive, but they have a plan to ensure the safety. That's why the players stepping out. I mean, those are things you're going to have to manage. Um, I think you are committing to this project. It's a project. You're committing to this project. You're going out there. You have to stay. And I don't think we're going to have an issue with that, personally. Uh, We'll see what happens. I'm looking forward to it. Um, I've enjoyed how the TBT tournament um, has kind of put together. You really aren't missing the fan engagement. I think, of course, the NBA is very different. It's a brand. It's bigger. It's global. 
But I think the TBT have, uh, tournament has given viewers an opportunity to how this would look like, how they would feel watching this without fans. Even the camera angles, the way they shot it, you really can't tell there's no fans in the stadium. So uh, I think the NBA got this covered. For me, uh, just moving on a little bit, we're looking at what teams are y'all looking to see? I mean, you got you got your usual suspects, right? You got the Lakers. You got the Clippers. Um, that's out the West. You got Houston out the West. Golden State's no longer there. They're the marquee matchup. Um, then you have the younger guys, right? You Well, I guess Portland probably be the next team that's up in that that Western Conference. Um, you have OKC who's lurking. Then you got the bottom feeders, the Phoenix and Sacramento. I think from an excitement standpoint, you want to see the Devin Buckers, the DeAndre uh, Fox, all these guys. But it's really going to be like the Lakers scrimmaging against these guys and, and punishing them. There's going to be no competition, uh, in my opinion. Sacramento, if you're comparing Sacramento and Phoenix, I think Sacramento gets the edge there just because they have more veteran pieces. I just think they're a better team overall. But I'm excited. I think it'll be interesting to see how the Lakers pan out. Rest is good, but too much rest can be bad. I think in LeBron's case, you're looking at a guy who already takes care of his body. Additional time, he's going to be fine. Uh, I think they're probably a little scared that they weren't going to get Dwight Howard. He's confirmed that he's going to play. Um, he's also going to do doing some really awesome stuff of giving back his entire pay for that pair to uh, our communities and black communities to help further develop that. So that's going to be awesome. Um, and then you look in the East. Uh, how does Joel Embiid come out of this quarantine? What does his body look like? What does his touch look like on the court? Um, he's not a guy who's been great as far as moving out the ball um, and really getting a feel of the game. So it would be interesting. Ben Simmons was out for quite some time prior to uh, everything shutting down. So we'll see what his rhythm looks like uh, coming back to the court. He hasn't played live five and five, at least with in the NBA system in quite some time. We all have to, we're not going to touch on his shot. We know what that is. He's going to impact the game without shooting. If he happens to make the shot, that's a huge plus for the Sixers. Um, then you have the other pieces for the Sixers. How does our hope for uh, mesh coming back in? Um, that's going to be key. How does that happen for him? You've seen a guy who was a borderline all-star with Boston, um, an all-star in his Atlanta years. He has not meshed well in Philly. He, I think Al Hofford has fooled some people. He's played in great systems um, where it was suited to his skill set. In, in Philly, it hasn't shown. Uh, his numbers are down across the board. He's not a spacer, and I think he's been pegged as that because he can hit the occasion of three. But Joel Embiid needs spaces. He, he he takes up that whole block. So it will be interesting to see how that goes in. What happens to Josh Richardson? How does he fit in? Um, can he be consistent for them? Can Tobias Harris be consistent? Uh, Matisse Tybo, I think he's going to give you what we've seen, defense, occasional shots here and there. Um, Furkan Kortmaz, can he be consistent? Can he defend? So if Philly's interesting. Milwaukee's the team that I think out the East that comes out, you're like, whoa, they're bringing exactly the same team. The cohesion is great. Giannis is coming. You know that. Um, and then they just have great role players around him. They don't have that surefire star. Um, Chris Middleton, I consider him a borderline all-star, consistent guy, but he's not a star. Um, so we'll see how that kind of plays out in this shortened playoff situation where they focus on Giannis. Um, that'll be interesting. Then you have Toronto. Toronto, they're bringing back the same team initially, Pascal. Um, I just, I'm just curious to see what the layout looks like for a lot of players. Um, such a small sample with them coming in. Um, teams focusing on Pascal. They don't have another go-to guy. Kyle has never been a playoff darling, so we'll see. He 
in my opinion, always chokes um, or comes up late. And he's going to need to need to have good games every game for them to advance. Um, then moving on to the bottom feeders, you have Orlando. Uh, I think they get bounced early, so we'll see what happens with them. Memphis. Um, actually, Memphis is another team. We'll talk about them later. But just overall, the Nets, uh, I, I mean, they would be better off, in my opinion, sending – just a G League squad and designate that team to, to be the team that all the, the teams in the bubble practice against. You just signed Jamal Crawford, who I, I, I great career, um, especially I would say his last six, six to eight years when he got with good teams. It was just a, a, a stat stuffer really before. I'm um, a guy in his last game with the Suns, uh, put up 50 plus points. Uh, people have been just calling for him to be signed all season long. I think, like I say, he's a great guy. I don't think he's a rotational guy on the serious playoff team anymore, personally. Great veteran guy. He can, you know, but what do the Nets truly need with a veteran guy at this point? We'll see. Uh, Mike Beasley, my guy, DMV finest, um, a guy who I followed his entire career uh, from high school up until this point. It's kind of tough seeing his career spiral at this point. He's still so young. Mike Beasley could easily be playing another eight years in the NBA. If certain things he, he could have controlled and just did better. Um, he's being signed. It's a good look for him. It's a good showcase for him if he actually gets on the court. Um, I, I, I think Mike Beasley's days are over as an NBA player just because of the perception he has. Not the skill, just the perception. Uh, so it's interesting. This, this bubble, I mean, it's going to be interesting, man. I, I, I've told friends of mine there needs to be a reality TV show that covers this bubble because it's going to be so interesting. We're going to see what players are coming out looking like. We're going to – I mean – Basketball is going to be played so differently. The touch is different. These guys play basketball year-round. Even in the summertime when there's no basketball on TV, they're playing ball, and they have not been able to do that. So it's just an interesting time around. We're going to wrap up here. Um, our next episode, I'm going to be bringing in my boy, Stan Peabody. We're going to touch on the draft, my favorite time of the year. He's a massive Anthony Edwards fan. Anthony Edwards out of Georgia's projected top three pick, top two really. Um, he's a huge, huge Ant Edwards fan, uh, and I'm a mellow ball guy. So we'll see where this conversation goes. Who will we take number one? Tune in next time. It's your boy Tyre. I'm out. <laughs>